Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, October the 22nd, and uh, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, be that today or sometime on the weekend, I wish you God's mercy and God's life and God's goodness uh, this day. Thanks for making this a part of your day and breaking open God's Word with me. Uh, happy to be with you to do that. We are going to close out the 12th chapter of Luke today, so I suspect we'll start fresh on Monday with uh, the 13th chapter. And, um, and again, remember, Jesus has been making really some hard statements this week, uh, which is interesting. We often hear these, you know, toward the end of ordinary time as we get closer to Advent and, and those hard sayings come around when, um, when we're talking second coming things. But this is right in the middle of Luke's gospel, and we're going through sequentially, but this is, has really been a, a time of truth-telling for Jesus, and uh, he continues that today. Um, so, if you wish to follow along, we will be Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 59, uh, breaking open that word today, okay? So let's see what God has for us in Scripture today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it is going to rain, and so it does. And when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot, and so it is. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are, going, if you are to go with your opponent before a magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today we get Jesus as a weatherman, right? Um, and, and you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He, he actually would have made a good one. So here's what, uh, you know, and it makes sense, right? It makes sense. I suspect we're wherever we are. Um, so he was living in a Mediterranean climate, right, in Israel. And when the uh, wind was blowing from the west, it was coming in from the Mediterranean uh, and clouds coming, of course, it would have absorbed all that water and it's going to rain, right? And so it did. Of course, that they, they knew that. And, uh, and when the, the winds were blowing from the south, from the deserts of Judea and, and, you know, Egypt and Arabia and all those things, well, of course, that's going to bring with it warm weather. And so it was. Um, but then he chastises people. He says, listen, you know how to read the wind and the sky. But how, are you able to read what is happening around you? And, and just as accurately say, this is what this is going to lead to. Um, now, again, here's a key. Here's a key. Now, the first line, 
of our gospel today. Jesus said to the crowds, you know, brothers and sisters, he's talking to you and I. Whenever it says Jesus said to the crowds, well, I mean, he's always talking to us, right? I mean, because scripture's alive. And, and even when he's talking to the Pharisees, there's something of the Pharisees within us. And when he's talking to the disciples, of course we are disciples. We are followers of his. But he's talking to the crowds. He's talking to everybody. So this is, is, is him looking at us too and saying, my friends, in this world today, you're able to read, you know, what, what these weather patterns say. And what that's going to, how that's going to impact your day, and how it's going to impact uh, creation. But what about the events of the day? How do we read those, brothers and sisters? How do we read the division that is happening within our world? And if it continues, what what that's going to lead to? How do we read? You know, and I'm not trying to make political statements, quote unquote. I'm trying to be gospel. I'm trying to be honest to the to the church and honest to to the gospel and honest to, to what we're invited to. And and so I'll I'll say what, how do we read, the the growing crises uh, environmentally, within our world, um, with the the hurricanes that are more destructive, not only uh, off the the Caribbean. Uh, down in in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, but what about up on the on the eastern seaboard that we saw? Um, how do we how do we read what's going on in California? The and the the wildfires out there. Well, and again, what does what does that mean? What does that mean? How do we read that? How do we read the uh, the uh, division and and not just the division, but the polemics, not only within our politics, but within our our uh, whatever that would be. Gosh, within our church, within our our you know uh, between countries and and how that that impacts immigration or or uh, within and among um, just you know whatever the topic would be. You know, racism. Um, how do we how do we read uh, how do we read all these things? I mean, I could keep going on, but brothers and sisters, are we able to look and say, okay? So, using Jesus's example here, I see clouds coming, and so not playing the prophet, I just know when they're coming from over there, it's going to lead to this. Or I feel the wind coming from this direction, and I know it's going to lead to this. When we look and we see this division, because really that's what all this stuff that I, I, I talked about really leads to a division between countries, division between politics, division between races, division between you know different ideas and, and uh, ways of looking at church, di- division between the, the creation and ourselves, whatever all this stuff is. When we see this division... What does it lead to? And my friends, I think we we have to be as adept at reading that and saying, if we continue on this way, here's where that ends. And being able to, to, to speak that. And remember, you and I have been 
baptized priest, prophet, and king. A prophet isn't somebody who is fortune teller. A prophet is somebody who is able to read the signs of the times and say, this is what we're doing, and this is where we're going. And if we continue going in this direction, this is the end point. And is able to speak that truth to power and is able to name that truth and hold that mirror up to whomever is able to listen. Brothers and sisters, I, I'm, I'm not that smart. Uh, I, and, I, and I don't know exactly um, to whom we are to give this message. And I don't know exactly how to do that. But I think that's exactly what Jesus is inviting us, is to say, how do we take the time to read what is happening around us and know where that's going? I, I love that line where he says, listen, why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? He says, listen, if you're just going go to go to, with an opponent to a magistrate and let somebody else decide what's right, well, that could end poorly for you. Aren't you able to decide for yourselves what is right? And in doing so, aren't you able to act on that? Brothers and sisters, by the grace of God, you and I have been given the Holy Spirit within us. And that Holy Spirit invites us to see through and with the eyes of Christ what is happening around us. And it gives us, I mean, the Spirit, the spirit is one of courage, right? That's one of the gifts of the Spirit. And, and we're invited with that wisdom, which is another gift of the Spirit, and with that counsel, with those seeing eyes, to be women and men of courage to be able to name that, to name for ourselves what is right and what is not right. So let's ask that question too. You know, we're called to see the signs of the times. And and. And, and I like this. Uh, uh, Father Ryan used to be a pastor up here in Chilton to the north of us, Father Ryan Kruger. And I think, at least I heard he said this. He, he didn't say it when I was in his presence, but, but somebody told me. He said, you know, an effective preacher is somebody that moves forward with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And I couldn't agree more because it's, it's using the Word of God to help us look at what is happening around us. Because if, if the Word of God doesn't affect what's going on uh, around us, you know, then it's just pie in the sky, right? Then we're just looking at, you know, oh, you know, some end point after I die, you know, where I'm going to be. Rather than say, how do I build the kingdom of God now? Because if Jesus is right, and of course he is, the kingdom of God is among you now. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is here, and it is in and through us that God, of course, will, will, we will participate, uh, that God will do that through us. Uh, and we simply have to see where that's, where that's necessary. We have to know what is right. And we've been given that ability by the grace of God. Um, so, to, to contrast what is right versus what is wrong, Let's look at who and what Jesus was. You know, I used yesterday, the, uh, and I've used it many times, and I love it, you know, Paul's 
uh, uh, saying of the fruit of the Spirit. We know that God is present when. And, and again, it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the things. Those are the nine fruits of the Spirit, right? So we know God is present then. We know, in fact, we were just at a seminar yesterday uh, with the rest of the diocese up at uh, the Rush Center, and Bishop said that he reminded us of the transcendental values, right? The, the transcendental virtues of truth, beauty, and goodness. We know God is present when truth is present or beauty is present and goodness. And, and it's easy for us, I think, sometimes to put walls around that and say, okay, you know, it's, it's when certain people uh, who have, uh, you know, been ordained or, or are in the church, it doesn't even matter if they're ordained or not, you know, or, or whatever, when they speak truth. But no, it's, it's, it's larger than that. We don't need to put boxes around it. Where we see and hear truth, there is God. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And where we see beauty, in and among creation, in and among art, in and among music, in and among whatever it would be, you know, somebody's actions toward another. When we see beauty, we see God. And when we see goodness and in, in how people lift one another up, we know it. We know it. We don't need to put it in any box and say, that goodness has to happen over here for me to say it's God. God is bigger than our boxes. When we see it, there is God. So what did Jesus do? How do, we, how, how do we help name when we see God in those signs of the times around us too? Well, you know, just, just check off the stories, right? One of his first miracles in John's gospel, it was his first, the wedding feast at Cana. That, that, and, and it doesn't mean, hey, where there's lots of wine, that <laughs> there our God is, although it may, may feel that way. But no, our God is a God of abundance. Our God is not a God of scarcity. Where we see abundance, we see God. Where we see healing, we see God, right? Which he did with the demoniacs or the lepers or with communities of people. Because not only did he send the lepers out, right? Let's say the 10 lepers in that story in, in, Math, in Luke's gospel. He, he sent them out to go to the priest and they were healed on the way. And why did he go to the priest? Because the priest was the gatekeeper on inviting them back into the community. So he healed them not only physically, but spiritually and socially, right? Because they got to be part of a community again where there is healing, brothers and sisters. There is God. Where there is forgiveness. I think of the adulterous woman at, uh, you know, who comes before God, caught in the very act of adultery. I mean, she was guilty. And he looks at her and says, you know, after he does that gorgeous line, you know, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone, and everybody leaves. And he looks at her and says, where are those who condemn you? And she says, they're gone here, sir. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Where there is forgiveness where there is new life, a new start, there is our God. You know, you think of uh, uh, Lazarus coming out bound, and he says, unbind him and set him free. Where people are unbound, and they're allowed to be who and how God made them to be, there is God. Where people 
um, are dying in order that another may live. Isn't that the essence of the cross, right? There is God. I mean, brothers and sisters, again, we could, we could keep going on, but you get the idea. We know God when we see God, and God is always bigger than the boxes we put him in. We don't need to see it in just this box or this box, and then I'll name it God. No, where there is forgiveness, there is God. Where there is goodness, where there is healing, where there is abundance, where there is somebody is unbound, and when they are given a new start, uh, when, when we reach out beyond ourselves, Jesus, all, he, he was equal opportunity around the dinner table, Pharisees and sinners, right? He invited Matthew and he invited, you know, uh, um, Simon the Zealot to his table. He, he invited everybody. When we see these things, we see God and we need to compare them with what we're seeing around us because those are the signs of the times. And if we see healing and inclusivity and truth, beauty, and goodness, and if we see uh, somebody being unbound and, and a new start and, and forgiveness and dying so that others may, we can know there is God and we know where that ends. But if we see division and discord and hurt, and if we see power and control and, and greed or whatever drives that or separation, Brothers and sisters, we know where that ends too because that, those aren't fruits of the Spirit. We are called to see and judge for ourselves what is right. We've been given the tools by the grace and mercy of God. Don't give the, that power up to somebody else. And, and I use power in the best sense of that word at that time. Don't give it to somebody else and let them decide. Jesus says, are you not able to judge for yourselves what is right? Look at the signs of the times. See where it's going and name them. That can be hard work, my friends. And it is hard work. But we're invited to participate in that. Um, <laughs> just as we participate in, in looking at the clouds and saying, here's where that ends. Hey, I, I got to talk real briefly, and I know it's already going to be longer than I want, but I got to talk briefly about uh, our feast day today. It is the feast of St. John Paul II. And John Paul II, I, I said this a year ago on his feast, and I'll say it again because I think it's such an apt description. He was a great man, capital G, capital M. He was a man for our times. And when I say a great man, I think of a, a, a great uh, person in the sense of Nelson Mandela, I look at and say, Nelson was a great man. I look at Oprah Winfrey and say she's a great woman. You know, people that rise to the top and, and just we look at them and say they carry with them a greatness. And, and I am so grateful for, for how they do that. And there are more than, than I name, but, but in a different category entirely. He was, of course... Uh, um, he was born in Krakow, so he's, he was a, a Polish uh, of Polish descent, and uh, born in, in 1920. And by the time he was 21, he had already lost his his mother, his father, his brother. Um, he uh, was a, a of course a brilliant young man and started studying at a university in Krakow in World War II. You know the Blitzkrieg in 39, who would have been 19 years old, uh, came in with uh, Germany. 
and put an end to all those things. And so what he did was he was working in a quarry as a young man and, uh, and found an underground seminary and went there and was ordained uh, shortly after the war in 46, so at the age of 26, uh, in, in Rome right away and came back and it's so interesting. And he was, you know, uh, a pastor in, in Poland. Um, but he was elevated to Archbishop of Krakow in 1958. And, and this is what I was looking at. Uh, it said that because the communists, of course, would have uh, controlled Poland at that point after the end of World War II and, and Europe was broken up between the, the Allied powers and, of course, the Iron Curtain. That's how that happened is, is the territories uh, broken up and given to Russia. Russia never gave back to the people. Uh, and so they were occupying Poland. And, um, and in 1958, so at the age of 38, he was made auxiliary bishop of Krakow. And it said that the communists allowed him because they saw in him merely an intellectual and academic and somebody not to be worried about. <laughs> yeah, was that one of the great miscalculations of, uh, of the 20th century? <laughs> um, John Paul was uh, at each of the four sessions of uh, the Second Vatican Council and was instrumental in, uh, in helping create Gaudium et Spes, which some people uh, say is the pinnacle. Uh, and the essence of the Second Vatican Council would have been the last document in, in 65 ratified on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of uh, 65. And of course, the beauty is uh, it invites us to look at the signs of the times, right? Gaudium et Spes uh, has this gorgeous opening line, which you've heard before, but it says, the joys and the hopes, the griefs and the anxieties of the people of this age, especially those who are poor or in any way afflicted, these are the joys and hopes, the griefs and anxieties of the followers of Christ. That's, that's it. That's it, brothers and sisters. We're looking at the signs of the times and we can't know it unless we know the joys and hopes, the griefs and anxieties uh, of what's going on. And John Paul was instrumental in that. He was made Archbishop of Krakow in 64 and elected Pope, of course, in 78 at the age of 58. I'm 56. I can't imagine being Pope. And, and he had big shoulders. He here and talk about all the things he did, and, and he did an, an incredible amount. But I wouldn't do him justice. But let me simply say this. The first line of his, I think, in his opening salvo, if I can say that, of his pontificate was, open wide the doors of Christ. Right? And it harkens back to, to John the 23rd, when he opened the Second Vatican Council with the word adjournamento. Open, open the windows, open the doors, let new air in the church. And of course, that's why he took his name. He, he took it actually after John Paul I, who was the September Pope in 78, who was uh, the Pope for 33 days, and took the name of John and Paul because of John the 23rd and Paul the Sixth, who were the popes during the Second Vatican Council. And John Paul I said he wanted to continue their work. Well, John Paul II took his name for the same reason, to honor the Pope before him, uh, but to continue the work of the Second Vatican Council. Hence, we, we hearken back to that with his open wide, the doors of Christ. He was amazing for many reasons, and I'll simply say things like, um, he was 
unbelievably energetic. I want to say he visited 124 countries in his pontificate. He, he set the bar at a place where I don't know that any other pope uh, will ever reach. Uh, although we've seen in Benedict some, but in Francis a lot more of the travel based on what John Paul did. He reached a cross face, not only ecumenically, but interfaith-wise. I mean, you recall he was at the Wailing Wall, right? Uh, that gorgeous picture of him there. Uh, or that uh, he visited a mosque. I mean, brothers and sisters, these are crazy things. Paul VI was the first to, uh, to meet, and that was his predecessor. Paul VI would have been the first to meet with the Orthodox Patriarch. But Paul, uh, John Paul II uh, helped thaw those relations even more. Uh, under his pontificate. You know, we think of, um, of course, the fact that he was uh, attempted assassination in 81 and how he sat down two years later after his healing, which, by the way, he, he attributes his healing to the Blessed Mother. And he sat down with the uh, young man who had, uh, had uh, shot him and uh, forgave him and just had a conversation with him. I mean, that's amazing. He was the first non-Italian elected in over 450 years. <laughs> I mean, isn't that crazy? And of course, I mean, even more than that, World Youth Day. I mean, I think of that. I, I, I was there in 93 when he was in Denver. And he was a rock star. He was, he was an absolute rock star. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, um, I, what rock stars do. I mean... It was electric when he was in the area. And, and again, don't want to say he was perfect. He was not. You know, I, I, I think of uh, Carl Jung's wonderful line, um, where there is a great light, there is a great shadow. And, and John Paul was a great light. And yeah, he cast a shadow too. But you know what? Today we honor him for the great light he was. And, and he was all of that. He had the second or third, and I don't remember which, longest pontificate, in the history of the papacy and and my friends the effects of his papacy it will outlive me um he was beatified under benedict in 2011 so a mere six years after his death and uh and sainted um by francis in uh, 2014 nine years after uh, again amazing and so we invite him to pray for us today and uh and we were grateful for the way, well, gosh, I didn't even talk about his, you know, visiting Poland. You know, what was that in, in 81? <laughs> you know, Nixon, uh, only Nixon could go to China. Well, I think only John Paul could go to Krakow. Uh, and, uh, and you think of the solidarity movement with Lech Walesa and how uh, the, the communist world had to be shaking in their, in their boots, not knowing what to do with him. And, uh, and, brothers and sisters, make no bones about it. He was absolutely instrumental in the fall of communism. But anyway, bigger, you know, more to say there than, than I could right now. But again, what, what, that we got to live with him and, and, and he among us. Uh, how wonderful. How wonderful. I've gone too long, but uh, let's conclude with prayer because that's always the best way to do it, shall we? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth glorious mystery. The, oh, Mary is crowned Queen of Heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. My friends, have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend. May God bless you well. And, uh, and I just look forward to us uh, breaking open more of God's word next week and seeing where God invites us. God's peace.